in between fantasy football podcast season four let's go baby yeah there was a time i had trouble talking about it congratulate we know they doubted somehow we made it up out the pit back against the wall never quit traversing through each obstacle show a non-believer what's possible let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams let's go that come at us to come in between life gave me the worst yet my side grew so green we've been down in the dirt been tossed in the trash but i never strayed from my path when we're gone we ain't looking back maybe we were all way too high maybe that's our fault it's gonna be a crazy time but it's gonna be a fun time life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice all right all right all right it is tuesday november 29th the fantasy football playoffs the conclusion of 2022 now within sight every beginning comes from some other beginnings end. i think that's something uh, along those lines that semi-sonic once said guys the in-between fantasy football podcast back here with you making the best out of this beginnings end starting today as we get ready for the fantasy football playoffs just about 20 minutes from now, we're going to tell you who are our league winners heading into the back half of the season. Who should you be making trades for and trying to get on your roster as we head down the home stretch? Um, we're also going to have some in the scope, talk a little bit of waivers, free agent fines, who you guys should be uh, trotting around there and trying to get this week. And uh, then we'll round it out with some holiday hacks and some uh, some fun over there as well on the lifestyle side of things. Before we jump in, though, guys, I want to introduce the family here. We got one half the Pull Vote Clan, a collector of good music, better whiskey, and mediocre tight ends. That's Nate Pull Vote. And we also have a man coming at us live from a home office in suburban Seattle, the same man who once wore a Let's Ride t-shirt with pride, baby. That's our guy, Scott Rainier. Scott, are you riding into week number 13, my friend? Yeah, I wore, I wore that shirt like a couple days ago. Oh, still, man. still rocking it. It's out of style now, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, never. It gets more and more into style as the season progresses. Okay, okay. Nate, are you riding into week number 13, my friend? I Not as a Broncos fan for much longer. Go Steelers. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Looks like we have some of our IBT family riding with us tonight as well. We got Albert back in the chat. Good evening, IBT. Good afternoon to you, Albert. Brad Bolt, all the way over there across the pond over there in Australia. Hey, guys, how are we? We're good, Brad. Good to see you tonight, our friend. And then we have, hello, hello, my handsome boys. Happy Tuesday there from Didi over there at the lake house. Good to see you tonight, Didi, as well. Guys, we appreciate this in-between family a lot. We got Lucius back in the chat already. I know he's going to have some enticing questions for us here down the stretch. If you guys are new to the channel, please subscribe. If you guys continue to enjoy IBT, just give this video a thumbs up. Let your friends know what we're about. We're about the good vibes and good fantasy football advice, trying to get you guys some championships and enjoy it along the way. We got a busy one, though, guys, so let's go ahead and jump right into it with front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you 
come to the Just place Just try to have some fun Ain't gotta worry about nothing for what it means Come and give me another Cause the night is young At least I so thought All right, guys, love it or hate it. We saw some more injuries here in week number 12. And let's start with the big two here at wide receiver. At least they were big two in name value. Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney suffer season-ending injuries. Does this matter to you guys for fantasy football? I know we weren't trying to roll out A-Rob consistently. He had had some decent weeks as of late with no Cooper Cup. Um, What does this do for the Rams? Nate, starting with you, uh, no Allen Robinson moving forward. Well, this team's already mostly, what, a lost cause this season? I mean, no Cooper Cup. They have no running game. We don't know if we're going to see Matthew Stafford again after a second concussion. It doesn't mean – I mean, if you were still holding on to Allen Robinson, chances that you were progressing towards the fantasy playoffs were pretty slim, so you might be better off being forced to pivot to another option at this point anyway. Are you interested in any of these subsequent options here outside of Tyler Higbee with the Rams? Um, obviously, we like kind of the running back situation going on there a little bit more now with no uh, Daryl Henderson. But outside of, outside of the, the running backs and the tight end, are you interested in Van Jefferson still after? I think you got a touchdown this last week. Well, I think Van Jefferson has some boom potential, and we may see him get a little bit more involved now with Robinson down for the season. I thought we were going to see him more involved out of the gate once Cooper comes right, down. Right. We, and we didn't. Which, the guy was coming back from a major injury. It, it is what it is. I think there's some value to him in a deeper league. If you can afford to keep him on your bench and see what happens over the next couple of weeks with him, he's worth it. But I'm not spending anything to acquire him. Yeah, and it's kind of almost like the same with like Ben Skoranek, Tutu Atwell. Like it, they're all dart throws, like like set it and, and pray, you know, so – I'm not really interested in rolling out any of those guys. Scott, looking at the Chicago Bears side of the Darnell Mooney situation, it should be a bump for Chase Claypool is what I kind of think we should initially think. Um, However, he hasn't really been involved since he's been a Chicago Bear. I mean, my thoughts on Mooney, you know, whether whether it's, you know, good or bad if you had him on your team are tied directly to the health of Justin Fields. I mean, um, I mean, I'm counting on Justin Fields. I don't know the current status. I mean, I know he's got he's got a shoulder injury that will he play again with them being three and nine? I just I don't know. Um, I think it does give a bump to Claypool. And, you know, because, I mean, Fields was taking that team in the right direction. They still weren't throwing a lot of passes relatively to the rest of the league. But I mean, the offense was clicking. I mean, they weren't winning games, granted, but the offense was light years better than earlier in the season. So to me, it all it all hinges on whether Justin Fields plays or not. If Justin Fields is out there, Nate, where do you rank? Uh, where, where do you rank Chase Claypool? Oh, I mean, he's still a wide receiver three. You're not yeah. getting you're not getting much production out of these wide receivers. Mooney was touchdown dependent, even though he was seeing a little bit more volume. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver three. Yeah, pop. I, I can't. Equinomia St. Brown, we got Byron Pringle catching touchdowns. Like, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. When Byron, like, I was kind of honestly like a little ticked off. I'm like, yeah. you know, they trade for Chase Claypool, and now Byron Pringle kind of comes out of nowhere. Haven't even heard his name since freaking August. So, what yeah. about what do you what do you guys think uh, Claypool compared to the Rams guys? Claypool for sure. Clay, like, like okay. again, I think they're, they're maybe 
Maybe Van Jefferson's a wide receiver four at best. Maybe Skoranek's like a wide receiver five. That's really, I think, the production you're getting out of them. Um, Cole Komet, I, I think, gets a little more valuable. Honestly, now I think you can not, – he's not a sit-in-and-forget-it guy, of course. Um, th- there's very few of those tight ends, but he is a guy that is you know more than a streaming option at this point, which is hard to say. Um, let's move forward here to Deshaun Watson, guys. He's going to make his debut, like it or not, uh, in Houston. And it's going to be a rowdy crowd down there. We hope them, those uh, those Houston Texans fans give them hell, man. I'm excited to see kind of how that one plays out there. What does this do for the uh, fantasy implications for Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who finally had a bad game after everyone got like excited about him finally? Um, Nate, what, what do you think what makes we can make out of this uh, Cleveland passing game now? Well, if we're talking about week 13, I don't think anything changes. If anything, I'm probably a little bit off of these wide receivers this week because, first of all, it's his first game in a year and a half. He's coming back to a very hostile environment in Houston. If Kevin Stefanski's smart, Houston has the worst run defense in the league. They're just going to run Nick Chubb down their throats and they're going to win by 30 points that way. Yeah. Because yeah. Houston's you, terrible. Goodbye. Deshaun Watson has no real, I mean, I feel like his ceiling is, of course, QB1 because of what we've seen in the past. But I think his floor realistically is a low end QB2 this week. Yeah. Now, depend i don't know what we're going to get out of him because this is a this is a unique situation i mean we've had similar things but usually it's guys coming back from injury how are visiting crowds going to treat him how is this locker room going to receive him these are all things that we need to see play out over the next couple weeks before i'm ready to say that deshaun watson is a qb1 the rest of the season like it seems like so many people want to anoint him and we're taking completely taking the whole moral end of this out of it we don't know what we're going to get with Deshaun Watson in 2022. Plain and simple. This is the risk that everybody took on who, you know, where you could draft him and stash him or whatever it was, you know, if you get if you get vintage Deshaun Watson for the tail end of the season and then into the fantasy playoffs, then, you know, that's that's a gamble you took and it paid off. But with him coming back in week 13, it's just such a crucial time of the season. Um, you know, to, to bank on him coming back as the Deshaun Watson you saw uh, when, you know, when he was in that QB1 territory. So it's, I mean, week 13, I mean, I don't have him on any team. Um, and, it, you know, if I had if I had another option, I'd probably roll him out there over Deshaun in week 13. Um, I do like, I do like the long-term or at least the outlook if Deshaun, if he's, if he's capable, not necessarily QB one, but if he's if he comes in and he's capable, I do like Najoku rest of season. What about um, a, what about Amari Cooper here, Scott? How do you feel about him this week in particular as well? Because I mean, can we just talk about like the road home splits for Amari Cooper have been so much different. Um, he's great at home. He's terrible on the road. So, are you excited to put out Amari Cooper this week? I'm not really that excited. I agree with Nate. I mean, I think. Nick Chubb could run for 250 yards this week. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. You know what I mean? But like Amari Cooper is one of those receivers. I'm probably, I'm probably not benching unless it's, you know, three flex, three wide receiver type format where I have other, you know, um, I'm just, I, I can't, you know, I can't see benching him, even though I don't, I'm not super excited. I think his ceiling's capped both by the, the, you know, the unknown of Deshaun Watson and, you know, Houston, where they, where they, 
where their defense is good is against the pass. So it just makes too much sense that Cleveland would just run it. Amari Cooper this week or Chase Claypool, assuming Justin Fields is playing? Cooper. Okay. No, okay. no, no question there. Okay. Uh, okay. So still wide receiver two for you. It's sounding yeah. like, um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. With Deshaun Watson guys. I'm, I'm curious. It is going to be, you know, maybe it's a positive swing for Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Donovan Peoples Jones. Maybe it's a negative for Nick Chubb. We don't really know, but I mean, Nick Chubb hasn't been elite the last couple of weeks too. He's kind of slumped down a little bit as we've seen um, him do from time to time, but we'll see what kind of plays out here. Um, let's go ahead and talk Mike White, Frisky Jets here, guys. Um, Nate, you were very vocal that I, I think you're high on Mike White after three touchdowns, 300-plus yards against the Chicago Bears. However, this was kind of a predictable performance, guys. Like, the Bears' defense has been god-awful since Roquan Smith got out of town. I'm a little worried that maybe this is a little more smoke than it is reality here with the Jets. Um, Scott, how do you feel about Mike White and uh, the Frisky Jets here? I like Mike White. Um, it's possible I'll be talking about him a little bit later, meaning I maybe didn't read the show sheet carefully enough when I picked one of my in-the-scope players. That's all um, good. But um, I'll have more to say about him. I mean, I like him. I mean, you know, it's it's bizarre how many just lesser-known QBs we've had to, we've been talking about over the past few weeks with, you know, Certainly. with, with QBs due to injury, due to people getting benched, all this kind of thing. We did see this exact same scenario play out last year where Mike White came in. I mean, not exactly the same. Wilson didn't get benched last year, but Mike White came in and threw three touchdowns and scored 30 fantasy points in his first game and full hero for the jets. Um, I do think it has a little more staying power this year. Um, one, because it's a better team. He has much better weapons. Certainly, and they yeah. are right in the thick of a playoff race, um, which is kind of odd to say, but they are seven and four. I mean, they're right there with the Bills, with the Jets, or with the Bills and with the Dolphins. Um, and what I'll talk about a little bit in a little bit more detail later is their schedule. They have mm -hmm. a super tasty schedule for both quarterbacks and receivers. So I loved what I saw. Garrett Wilson was electric. He, he, I had an anytime TD on him, like, like just great for the lineups overall, but I just do worry that maybe some regression is coming, but we'll save that debate for later on. Um, when Scott talks about him in the scope, Trevor Lawrence, guys, there's no deb debate about him rest of season. He's been excellent. Seventh QB one finish this season for Trevor Lawrence, um, on the season out of 11 starts. And this was against the Ravens defense, Nate, who the Ravens defense came in super, super hot. How do you feel about Trevor Lawrence here, Nate? Because, We've been uh, praising Justin Fields for the last couple of weeks, but T-Law has kind of flown under the radar as just a, a really solid QB1 right now, man. Well, I think he's starting to grow up, man. Like, And that performance on Sunday in the fourth quarter and that last drive was ballsy, and there's no other way to put it. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks, young or old, past or present, that are going to be able to do that very often in their careers. Trevor Lawrence seems like the kind of guy that can do it time and time again. Now that he, this offense is coming together, Doug Peterson's coaching is helping him. Urban yeah. Meyer was clearly a cancer to this team. They're four and seven, but they've played much better than a four and seven team. They've been in a lot of games we didn't expect them to be in, especially this week. I mean, nobody thought they had a shot. I did pick them to beat Baltimore this Let's week. Let's go, Bay. Nice. I, I would have not been on that, man. That's a. I, yeah, I and I have receipts because I said it live on Friday. Nate, I think the crazy thing too is like you definitely hit it spot on. Like 
this is what Doug Peterson has done for this team. And he will be back definitely because did you hear Wingard's uh, interview afterwards saying that Trevor Lawrence is just that guy and like kind of took a shot at Urban Myers said he had Urban Myers first first year and then uh, said that he would run through a wall said he would go to battle with Doug Peterson. Like it was actually a really good, uh, really good promo he cut there. So I think that kind of just like voices where this Jacksonville team is right now. Like they're a little bit frisky too. And like, I, I will talk about them later too, but I think it makes like all these passing weapons a little bit more dangerous as well. Um, Scott, how do you feel about just this whole situation brewing down there and uh, former, formerly known as clown town? I, I mean, you love to see it. Obviously Trevor Lawrence has yet to live up to the hype that, you know, came with him as he got drafted. But I get frustrated when people give up on a rookie, especially at the quarterback position too quickly. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, I mean, everybody in Jacksonville was just started completely behind the eight ball with Urban Meyer, like the entire, the entire franchise, like everybody. Um, And so to see him and Nate's, Nate's right. Like he was ice. He was, he, he was ice water in his veins at the end of that game. Um, which does that shows that shows maturity. You know what I mean? That just like being able to withstand that type of situation against a team like Baltimore. I, I love it. Cause I, I I'm rooting for Trevor Lawrence to succeed in the NFL and I have a few shares and that sort of thing. My only concern with Lawrence as far as this season goes is his fantasy playoff schedule is at least according to the calculations I do for, for uh, strength of schedule it is the toughest schedule for QBs. Doesn't seem that tough when you look at the teams. It's the Jets, it's the Cowboys, and it's the Panthers. Or sorry, it's the Texans. Texans and Jets have been brutal against quarterbacks. Um, now you could argue, well, that's because they're so easy to run on, so they just don't pass on them. And you can make that argument, but it, you know, and you got Dallas wedged in there, who is brutal mm-hmm. against quarterbacks. So that's my only concern as yeah, far that- as a fantasy quarterback goes. Um but I mean, like you said, Baltimore defense have been hot and he carved them up there at the end of that game to, to pull out that victory. So you just got to know, it's tough to know which, which of Christian Kirk or Zay Jones to start any given week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lions, Lions and Titans these next two weeks though. So yeah. week 13, week 14, I think you can yep. ride the Trevor Lawrence experience here, at least for a couple so more. You got to get to the playoffs before you can have that tough schedule. Yeah, but if you are riding him right now, like Scott said, like look for some other options here. Um, maybe you can get away with it against against the Cowboys because they can be burned occasionally. But the Jets and Texans, I'm not really looking to play him those weeks. So really good point out there, Scott. Um, quickly, don't really need to, any analysis on this, I don't think, boys. But Travis Etienne suffered a foot injury but was cleared to return. So, yeah, yeah, Scott. I mean, that's it oh, was the other well, foot. The injury he was coming off, like – I just saw that and I was like, just go home 2022. Just go home. You've had too many drinks. It's time to go home and get some sleep. But the, this was, this is very good news. Um, Cause you know, he was, he was starting to take off. So. And, and Nate, you kind of pointed it out in your column, but Jamichael hasty, like if you have Travis ETN, maybe you take a shot at Jamichael hasty just to have the handcuff just in case. But this really isn't a good Jacksonville rest of season schedule for the run game as well, Nate. No, it's not good. The fantasy playoffs is pretty much brutal for running backs. So the way I look at it with Hasty is you unless you need him as a handcuff for Etienne, you really don't want he has no standalone value with Etienne healthy. And yeah. with Etienne out, 
with the tough schedule he has at the end of the season, fantasy viability is going to be slim to none. So yeah. And you're not even going to like, even if ETN were to miss one of those last couple games, like you're not going to feel great about starting hasty. Like if you have to, you have to, um, but I think this is more just a blip on the radar. For if him. you can, if you can get yourself to week 17 to your championship game, hopefully that's when it is. And you Texans, got, ETN, yeah. you got ETN, they get Houston. So that's, yep. that's there the, is that there is that's that. the reward. If you can make it that far. Michael Carter, he suffered a little bit bigger of an injury, low ankle sprain for him, you know, cleared the, cleared the high ankle sprain, which is really good to see because the high ankle sprain might have taken him out for the, the next month or so. Um, James Robinson, though, healthy scratch in this one, guys. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Zonovan Knight. Is it Zonovan Knight time? Because apparently he was the next man up here in New York along with uh, Mr. Ty Johnson. What do you guys think? Are, are, you, uh, are you spending up for Zonovan Knight tonight? Um, I'm not spending a lot of money. No. Um, you know, the jets running game, once Brees Hall left, it's been, it's been a little bit of a shit show. Uh, Zonovan Knight. I mean, I hadn't, like I did a bunch of rookie analysis back in the off season and I kind of remembered his name from then, like, you know, but, um, I might throw a few bucks on him as a stash, as a dart throw. If, you know, if he's the only healthy body, then, and he, he looked okay in, in the carries he got this past game. You know, it's not like he, you know, so, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not spending up for anybody in the Jets backfield. Nate, how do you feel about this? Given like the James Robinson situation too, is Robinson going to be active? Why was Robinson a healthy scratch? Like we have a lot of questions here. I think um, 14 attempts for him last week, 69 yards. <laughs> nice. What do you think about uh, Mr. Zonathan Knight or, uh, or Ty Johnson as well, who got in the end zone? Depends on the situation. So if you're in a pinch, you need a running back. I don't hate going after Zonovan Knight. What I like is that he caught all three of his targets for 34 yards. Yeah. Plus his yards per carry, like 4.93 yards per carry. That's pretty efficient. He looked good. Like he he but, literally looked good. And like I didn't know much about him. And as someone who follows the Jets as closely as I did, I kind of felt a little bad not knowing much about him. Um, but I mean, maybe he I, he's probably the reason that James Robinson was inactive. They wanted to see what what they had in him. So. I would much rather pick him up and probably play him than any of these other uh, Jets running backs as includes James Robinson at this point. Well, I, I yeah, over Ty Johnson even. Unless yeah. Ty Johnson turns into the Jamal Williams, which <laughs> that's not going to happen. I think I'm uh, talking myself into it, boys. I think I'm on, like, I think maybe that's just my Jets bias, man. But well, Jonathan Knight sounds pretty good right now. Like, he, he looked electric. Well, it, it, yes, it was against Chicago. Yes, yeah, so we have to we have to remember that. But also, I mean, 14 carries for 69 yards and catching all three of your targets, the Bears are still an NFL defense. It's not like they're playing South Denver High School's all-star team <laughs> you're right, or something, right, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I think there's something there. And th- like like we've kind of talked about when we've talked to Jets, this is a good team. It's a good team with a pretty good offensive line a really good defense and they have weapons so if zonovan knight fits into what they're trying to do i don't think robert sala cares who the name is i think he cares who's getting it done and that's how they've been winning without Brees hall it almost kind of feels like he's going back to his san francisco 49ers roots and going art running back by committee hot hand approach vikings bills lions and jaguars up next for the jets so really no defenses that scare me right now opposing the run so we're talking ourselves into zone of the night over here guys um we'll quickly round this out here with joe mixon and jamar chase 
they were absent for the Bengals this week, guys. Um, and Samaj P. Ryan, he came to life 23 touches, 19.3 PPR points for P. Ryan. Another wide receiver one day for T. Higgins as well, second straight. Tyler Boyd's the only one who's been disappointing right now without without uh, without Jamar Chase, guys. Three out of his four games below double-digit marks. Um, what do you expect to change here, Scott, as we uh, welcome back Jamar Chase, hopefully, in the next week or two? Um, I mean, it, it is kind of odd that Tyler Boyd's best came, games have come with Jamar Chase active. Um, I mean, I was one yes, of sir. I was one of, I was one of many who, you know, following the Jamar Chase injury news, I, I went out and scooped up Tyler Boyd wherever I could, you know. But it, it just hasn't really panned out. So, I mean, I think based on what we've seen, I think this is good for Tyler Boyd. And I mean, P, P Ryan did look good, and I mean, he's you know, P Ryan's one of those kind of just grizzled veterans been around. He's been, he's, I feel like he's been the backup for Mixon for, you know, a few years now. He came out, he coming off that three receiving touchdown game the week prior. You know, I, I didn't buy into him last week. I was like, no way. And so I got that, you know, I got that wrong. Uh, he had, he had, he had a good game, but I mean, you know, it, it, with Mixon and Chase healthy, you know, this, this team is at their full capacity. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's better for everyone. It's, it's, Arguably better for Hayden Hurst as well. Yeah, um, yeah, honestly, more scoring so, opportunities. You know, and I mean, Mixon's had you know, Mixon's had a fairly Mixon-ish type season. He hasn't been very efficient. It's been based largely on volume. His yards per carry is not great, but he's seen a lot more receiving work. You know, I don't know if that's going to change. You know, because he's coming off an injury, and P. Ryan has gotten way more involved in the passing game lately. So maybe Mixon's days of that, you know, eighty to eighty-five percent opportunity. That's a share really great, great point there, Scott. Yeah. Are, are limited, especially as they're also making a playoff run and they want to stay healthy. Um, but I mean, please come back to Chase. <laughs> I've just like, I've, you know, he, we're talking this week about the, the big injuries being Allen Robinson and Dar Darnell Mooney, but like we've had to suffer the Cooper cup and Jamar chase and oh my God. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for the Bengals offense for these two guys coming back. I love that, Scott. I think you summed it up pretty well. Let's go ahead and jump into back in the day here. If you guys are new to the IBT podcast, please like this video, subscribe to the channel if you enjoy some feel-good lifestyle advice with your fantasy sports analysis. Let's jump in. They make them like this way back in the day. He took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day. Couldn't predict how it could all change. Don't you ever forget how far we came. The seldom section of the show back in the day, pulling it out of the vault here. Um, before we jump in here, guys, let's get to this question here from Lucius. Great show so far, he says. I'm carrying three tight ends and need to cut one. Foster Moreau, Hayden Hurst, or Cole Komet. Each of their situations is very confusing. Mooney out for the year. Chase coming back. Definitely needs some advice here. Man, this is a really good question here. We kind of started writing Foster Moreau off last week, Nate, and he comes out, has a pretty nice game, gets in the end zone once again. How do you feel about this? Because all of them really do have a little bit of upside in their own fashion. First of all, thank you, Lucius, for the compliment. We appreciate you tuning in. Absolutely. We love it. Here's where I'm at. It's probably Moreau for me. 
because we're looking at we've got um Cole Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro coming back in week 14, more than likely off of IR for this team. That nukes Foster Moreau's value. There's nothing left for him because everything that he's filling, those two guys now come back in. They're established starters. They'll get their roll back. We'll still see a little bit of Moreau, but we're not going to see anything valuable. We're going to see the four points, three points, five points that we were getting out of him, six points, which that's not enough over two guys who have boom potential that he just simply doesn't have after week 13. And he's just not that efficient. Like he had seven no. targets this last week, three, three receptions, 33 yards. Like he did catch the touchdown, but like, I feel like you're right. Like there's more boom with Komet, especially with no Mooney. Now Hayden Hurst. I think, I think the Bengals are just going to start hitting their stride even more. They've been really brilliant the last couple of weeks. I think they're going to hit that going in the playoffs. I think they're still going to win the AFC North, especially with the way Baltimore is looking um, on offense here. Scott, how do you feel about it from Lucius here? I agree. I honestly, even if Waller wasn't coming back, I'd probably still say Moreau. Over, uh, I'd drop Moreau compared to these other two. Um, I mean, the Raiders also, they have for tight ends, they do not have a great fantasy playoff schedule. And I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I watched all of that gut-wrenching game. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Shout, I, out yeah, shout out Josh, Josh Jacobs managers, but you know, um, yeah, he caught he caught a the touchdown. Derek Carr threw to him. I swear it was in the it was in the air for like thirty seconds. It was yeah. a rainbow throw, and the Seahawks are just kind of like, oh, what's going on? But you know, he hasn't been efficient, and he hasn't really taken that step that you wanted when you 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 grabbed him when Waller went down with the injury. So I agree. Um, I like Hayden Hurst. I, I picked him up a few weeks ago on a few different teams um, where I had to pivot from whatever tight end wasteland option I was using at the time. Um, but I like Hayden Hurst with this, with this offense going to be high functioning. And I mean, we've talked about Cole Komet enough, but you know, objectively speaking, he's going to be one of the, you know, one of the highest targeted players in Chicago. So. Yep. Completely agree there, man. I'm excited to see what Hayden Hurst can do. Cause like he's solid from a volume perspective, just cause he has that floor with the receptions every single week. Unlike some of these other tight end plays. Keep the questions coming, guys, if you have any that we can answer for you throughout the show. Let's get into back in the day. We each have a couple league winners for you guys that we are comparing stats from this year, tape from this year, back to previous year's league winners. Um, so, Nate, why don't you start us out here, man? Who is one of your league winners this year? Who do you think can carry the the good IBT family to the fantasy promised land here? So I'm going to start with someone I know you love, Seth, because this is your team and they're very quickly becoming my main team too. If Denver doesn't shape up or ship out here, <laughs> George Pickens rookie wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm comparing him to Amon Ra last year. So I just kind of looked at stat patterns of Amon Ra's rookie season versus Pickett's rookie season. And I mean, really when you look at it and you break it down, they're not that much different. Amon Ra didn't really come on until it was like week 13, roughly as yeah. when he started to actually hit. We're starting to see Pickens heading into week 13. He's starting to get a lot more involved. He's being hyper-targeted by Kenny Pickett. They're using him more. And I think this is setting up to be a similar situation to last season where we saw Amon Rodgers blow up. Two bad teams that are trying to do something with the end of their season. Tomlin's trying to get to 500. With Najee Harris being on the field, off the field, efficient, not efficient. Really, it's at this point, it's Pat Fryermuth and it's George Pickens. Deontay Johnson hasn't had a finish higher than wide receiver four since I think week three. It's and one of those finishes was a wide receiver five finish. 
It's insane, dude. Like he dropped that touchdown. Like he he literally had it in his hands. Like he's anemic right now to the end zone. So uh, yeah, I sorry, Deontay Johnson's just burned me this year. I never draft him, and I finally oh, he's got been him crap. This he's year. been absolute crap. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. George Pickens. I I think I think that's a really good shot there, man. It, like obviously him and Kenny Pickett, they have a connection. So. Yeah, I think he's like a, a high end wide receiver three with some like low end, like low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two upside. Honestly, he's been well, sensational lately. The, the playoff schedule is interesting too for Pittsburgh because they've got they're at Carolina, then they've got Las Vegas at home, and then they're at Baltimore. And we've seen teams shred Baltimore secondary. Carolina's awful unless they play the Broncos, and Las Vegas well, is Vegas secondary has been awful. Unless yeah. they play the Broncos. That's great. Great. Find. So, I mean, yeah, he's kind of a smash for the playoffs. Like, you should probably go out and kick the tires on him. Yeah, if you guys can go yeah, out I and, didn't... like, if, if someone doesn't want, like, a Steelers player, maybe they've been burned a couple times. Maybe they have nausea or they experimented with the, the Deontay Johnson experience. Yeah, absolutely kick the tires. I love that comparison here, Nate. I'm going to go with my mine here. And I think Christian Watson, guys, I think he's going to be a league winner. And I know people said it's oh it's unsustainable it's unsustainable but what he's done the the la- last week was pretty sustainable man like think about who Christian Watson is a, is a wide receiver sixteen point one yards per reception towards the top of the league right there three straight wide receiver one weeks on seven targets and you might say okay maybe that isn't sustainable great matchups coming up three bottom uh bottom five matchups coming up the rams minnesota and detroit those are all excellent plays for your wide receiver and then bears and dolphins which are also really good matchups as well they do have the buy in there but this really reminds me of aj brown 2019 at that point aj brown he was averaging 20.2 yards per reception so a big play guy as well Four of his last six games were wide receiver one finishes and he was only doing it on about six and a half seven targets per game as well that's like the thing i liked about this comparison and he had a favorable matchup down the stretch in five out of his last six games aj brown won a lot of people leagues that year people who were willing to buy in on the hype ride that hot streak and i think i'm going to do the same with watson here boys to me there's not any reason to get off the watson train at this point the way they get him the ball in space i mean that touchdown he had last week fucking he's one of those guys he's one of those guys that like he's deceptively fast like when he caught that ball, there was no way I thought he was scoring a touchdown. And he just like, so, I mean, the, the thing is, is what, incre- you know, what, what chips away at the sustainability uh, argument somewhat is that play that home run on any given play potential. And, and I want six, that in my, I want that in my lineup. He's six, five. That's like the thing too. It's like he's six, five and blazing fast. Like that's why I was in love with him coming out as a prospect. Yeah. He was super raw, but like at the end of the day, like, AJ Brown's 6'1, dudes. Like, like he is 6'1. You know, DK Metcalf is freaking 6'4. Well, this is this is a good comparison because I think back, sometimes I like to think back to how I viewed a player before they like entered Studland. You know what I mean? Before Nobody they were just even every, like that whole year, 2019. AJ Brown is one of them. AJ no Brown one is one talk- of them. I can remember how I thought of him before he broke out. Nobody was talking about AJ Brown that year. He had he had a blip in like week three of his rookie year, and then he kind of did nothing, got injured, almost kind of like Watson early on here, and then he just smashed, dude. Like that was my first year like in this industry, and I I remember it like it was you know yesterday, honestly. So 
I, I I love Christian Watson here. Nate, any additional uh, thoughts on the the Packers' new playmaker here? Um, I would also like to make another quick comparison to 2020 and 2021 touchdown Mike Evans. The guy scored a ridiculous clip. 74 catches, or sorry, 2020 and 2021. 70 catches in 2020, 74 in 2021, 13 and 14 touchdowns those seasons. There was a game, do you guys remember the game in 2020 where Mike Evans had two catches for two yards and two touchdowns? Yes, I do. That, yes. Was, his, that was his stat line. There are guys who are just going to attract touchdown targets. Christian Watson is one of those guys. A.J. Brown is one of those guys because they're reliable in the end zone. I have zero issue with this comparison, and I think you're spot on with it, Seth. Scott, who you got for us, bud? All right, my first one, we've talked a little bit about the friskiness of this team, but um, mine's Garrett Wilson, New York Jets. You know, and I, I already covered a few of the reasons why, and my comparison is I'm going cross-positional here. My comparison is Rashad Penny last year. And the sole reason for that comparison is Rashad Penny. Basically, you know, he was the he was the team's leading running back at the tail end of the season. And it's very well documented because many people used it as an argument against him being a good running back. His schedule was beautiful at the end of last season. I'm talking about Rashad Penny. Well, Garrett Wilson is facing a very similar beautiful schedule. Um, he's coming off a game, Mike White's first game with 20, almost a 29% target share. I think, you know. Again, Mike White's a bit of an unknown. Uh, I'm not willing to anoint him a QB1 at this point, but he, he, he already showed he's, he's much better at, at, at running that offense and getting, distributing the ball to their playmakers than Zach Wilson. So with, with Mike White at QB, I think that Garrett Wilson remains the top target on that team. Elijah Moore's value increases a bit, but Garrett Wilson is the guy. I mean... He's passed the eye test with me this year. He's he's a he's going to be a star in this league, in my opinion. And then the comparison to Rashad Penny is the schedule. Um, you know, in Week 13, Minnesota, who is bottom five against receivers. Week 14's Buffalo. You know, Buffalo was the you know so last year everybody jumped on the Mike White train, but then he threw four picks against Buffalo. So Buffalo, but Buffalo is 26th, so sixth easiest schedule yep. for wide receivers. They're not the juggernaut that people think. Well, they, I mean, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer has yeah. been out of, out of the lineup. Yeah. Like Tredavious White can't really get ready either. So yeah, yeah. over their, over their last five, the the Bills have been the the third most family, fantasy friendly matchup to wide receivers. And then once the playoffs start, they get Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. All three. Now, granted, Seattle's season long is fourth. You know, they're top five against receivers, but I think that's probably because everybody's thrown it to the tight ends. Um, over their last five, the Seahawks are 10th, you know, 10th toughest against receivers. But I don't really okay. buy that with the Seahawks team. I think their defense kind of went and they're going back down the hill. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. So I just think, again, same deal. Playoff hunt. I think Garrett Wilson is going to smash. Scott, I almost, I almost took Garrett Wilson as mine as well because I love the schedule moving forward. I love what he's doing lately. And he's kind of like Christian Watson, and we've seen the ceiling he has. Between him and Watson, they have the highest ceiling out of the rookie wide receivers. I put them like in the tier kind of with Olave, but Olave is more doing on volume. They're kind of doing on big plays and, and touchdowns. Um, the one question I had, though, with, with Garrett Wilson, is there a, a chance that Zach Wilson's back at some point? I have no idea because like, like when Robert Sala benched him, he said like his time with this franchise is not up and you know that they want to get him back and it's just a reset. 
But I don't know because, Nate, I didn't even think that Zach Wilson would ever get benched as well. Like you and I had this conversation, what, four or five weeks ago, and you told me that. I said, no way. I said Joe Douglas would lose his job. So, no, you know, I don't – I think what Robert Sala said was he's not done with this franchise yet in a way of let's see if this kid can change his attitude, be a better teammate – contribute and actually work on the things that we've been trying to get this kid to work on since last season that were an issue. What I saw on Sunday was a pouty little baby sitting on the bench, paying no attention to the game. Yeah, that was, he wasn't starting. I don't think we see Zach Wilson. It's not the end of his time with the jets. He's under contract. It's only in his second season, but I think Zach Wilson is Josh Rosen 2.0. I mean, I think unless Mike White gets hurt, like mm-hmm. it'd be one thing if the Jets were three and nine, but they're not going to take a, they're not going to roll Zach Wilson back out there. I mean, we, you guys said it, you guys said it about the running backs. Sela doesn't care about the name. You know what I mean? Like he's, he wants to, he wants to get, he wants to win this division if he can. They still get to play Buffalo. So yeah, I mean, granted, if, if they do go back to Zach Wilson, then this call of mine will, you know, crumble in on itself, in my opinion, but I just That's don't see that thing. happening. That's I don't the see that thing. happening. The only thing, there. the only way that Zach Wilson is back as the quarterback of the New York Jets in 2020, mark my words, 22. both my 2022, <laughs> is if both Mike White and Joe Flacco go down to injury and are unavailable to play. Yeah, it was just disappointing. Like there was that one clip of him just kind of sitting there and Joe Flacco had a tablet. Mike White had a tablet. OC had a tablet. Um, So, yeah, super disappointing, but we'll see what happens there moving forward. I do like this comparison, though, nonetheless. I'm excited to fire up Garrett Wilson again moving forward. Nate, hit us with your uh, second league winner here and who you're drawing comparison from in recent years. So my second one, we're going to go running back this time. Are you guys surprised I didn't do a single tight end so far? I am. I am. (laughs) Hey, now. Rashad White, Tampa Bay Bucks running back, extraordinaire with Uncle Lenny out. But I don't even care if Uncle Uncle Lenny come Unky Lenny. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if Uncle Lenny comes back, guys. <laughs> Rashad White, I mean, dude, what has he done the last two weeks? And he caught what nine of nine on all nine of his targets on Sunday. That's what I love, and that's the part about Rashad White that is Lenny proof because he's going to continue to get those targets because he has been so efficient. He's also going to continue to get the majority of the carries because Lenny was averaging, I think last I looked, there was a three-week span where he was averaging less than three yards per carry. White has 100 yards in a game. That's more than this team is averaging every single game. I'm going to compare him to 2020 Jeff Wilson because there's kind of a similar pattern here. We didn't see Wilson, but sparingly for the first part of the season. Then Raheem Mostert got hurt. And then we saw Jeff Wilson in 2020 and Jeff Wilson had a ridiculous string of weeks to roll out the season culminating. And I think it was a 20 point championship week score. Rashad White's training towards being the relevant back on a team that desperately needs to run the ball to win their division. They're five and six and they still are in the division lead (laughs) and they don't, they, they just haven't been able to run the ball. Averaging less than 70 yards per game on the ground is pathetic, but now they've got a guy, Rashad White, who can do that and take the passing work as well. 
in a large volume and be reliable. We're going to need to see some touchdowns, but I think that part comes. And I think just like Jeff Wilson, his role grows and grows and grows every week until we're hitting the last two weeks of the fantasy playoffs. And the guy's putting up 25 to 30 points. I still think the Bucks have super well aspirations. So I think that like they're going to rest Lenny as long as they need to. And they're going to be conservative with him because if he comes out fresh, like he did again, um, kind of towards the 2020 end of that season and ran through defenses and, yeah. and became playoff Lenny again, that's what they want. So I, I think they will lean on Rashad white uh, moving forward here. I wouldn't be surprised though. If like week 17, week 16, maybe we see Lenny back getting, cause I still think Lenny's going to be the starter when he comes back. But I think Rashad white is, is going to have more, more touches overall. But, but I guess even Rashad started, I guess, over him that last game, he was healthy too. He so. had a hundred he had, in Munich. He had a hundred yards Yeah, I, on the ground. I get what you're saying, Seth, it's and just I think hard. Lenny it's has a role, but I think when Lenny comes back, this becomes a 1A, 1B situation, and I think right now Rashad White's the 1A. Do you think it becomes more of like a Zeke situation, Scott, where where like he's still valuable, Leonard, because he could get like a touchdown, but he's more like the less explosive player, kind of like Zeke is I to Pollard? That's a pretty good comp. Um, yeah, that's a really good comp. But I like that people are on the Rashad white bandwagon i've been a rashad white stand since before the nfl draft um i have a saved comment to the ibt podcast from early early in the season i screenshot it as a receipt i don't think it's going to come to fruition but it was a bold take that rashad white would outscore lenny now he's pretty far behind but that's not looking as crazy as it once did yeah um yeah i, I love this call i i mean i think rashad white i think he is to me, he's going to be one of the next bell cow, three down, pass catching, running uh, stars in this league. So I just required him in a, dy- in a dynasty league. I made a trade for him. I was very excited about that. But I love this call. Yeah, it's just it's just so hard to like let go of Leonard Fournette because we've had so many good times together. You know, me and him. Whether it was betting on him and riding him in the fantasy play or in oh, the, yeah. the, the postseason or just like last year. Like you guys know, Lenny was my guy. He was my guy. I was drafting everywhere and rode and. He was an RB one like earlier yeah. this season before he got hurt. So like that's the other thing to keep in mind. Like Lenny is still valuable, but I think it does kind of come down to what Nate said. Where does that pass catching work go? If Lenny can get some some of that back, I think he still has value. If Rashad White keeps it, oh yeah, baby, Rashad White is a league winner. So a lot of question marks with it, but I like to call Nate Scott. We'll uh, we'll hand things off to you for uh, your second league winner here. Okay, this one this one is out there. I will admit it. This one's pretty bold. This one's kind of just, this one is fun for me. I think it's fun. I am going out on a limb and doing Melvin Gordon compared to 2018 CJ Anderson. If you remember 2018 CJ Anderson, oh, did I, absolutely nothing for Carolina yeah. all season long. You know, people forgot who he was. You know, he was, you know, he former Denver, Denver running back for a while. And then at the very end of the season, he got, he, he moved over to the Rams and it's pretty well remembered that he absolutely smashed in his last two games with the Rams and completely won people, their championships, people that I, I remember that I remember it specifically. And I was like, nah, I'm not buying into CJ Anderson. He ran for like 300 yards in two games. So this is, this is, this is an out on the limb, bold, bold take, because first of all, Gordon was signed to the chiefs practice squad. He's not even on the active roster at this point yet. Um, 
But I'm just I'm banking on a little bit of you know Pacheco is a rookie. He's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty good at running where there's space to run. Um, you know, but he I, I think I just yeah, have people- the sneaky feeling that if Gordon can re re spark any of his because he was you know in his career is a great pass catching running back for years. Um, if he can if he could rekindle any of that with a fresh start in Kansas City with some revenge games on the ticket on the docket against the Broncos. Um, Again, like I'm 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 prefacing this with, you know, do not go out and spend all your fab on Melvin Gordon. <laughs> certainly, um, certainly. You know, but like I just I was, and also all the good ones were taken by you guys, so, because <laughs> um, I got to this one like two hours before the show. But anyway, I just I looked at it and I just that's what that's the comparison that came up, and I I don't think it's I mean it's a long shot. But for a Gordon who's a veteran who, you know, let's face it, is coming from a dumpster fire in Denver, had massive ball control issues. He's got to be pumped, man. He goes from, like, the worst team in the league to a, a potential to win a Super Bowl. Well, that's exactly what C.J. Anderson did, too, at that time. Yeah. I think there's a path for him to have significant work in this offense, and there's a chance that that could lead to him smashing. But, again, this is a, this is a big long shot. Yeah, I, I do like this call. Two things I will say. One, people need to, like, take it easy on Isaiah Pacheco. Like, I don't know what he did to our friend Bo McBrayer, but, like, Bo hates this guy with a passion. And, like, he's, like, kind of explosive at times, you know? So, like, Who knows? I Yeah. I'm, so, I'm just going to say that if you're, like, dogging Isaiah Pacheco out there, like, he's not that bad. Not, like, And I, this isn't to dog Pacheco. I think he's looked good. Right, I mean. Right, right. No, you know what yeah, I mean? I'm not, I'm um, not saying you were, but just, like, in general, the public right now, for whatever reasons, dogging this guy and just kind of – it's weird. And fun, Second, fun, fun fact, Melvin Gordon and Isaiah Pacheco have the exact same juke rate, 13.9%. Okay, okay. All right. My final conclusion on this, I lost a fantasy football championship with perhaps the best team I will ever have in my entire life. It was, you know, the year Todd Gurley was a stud, Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster. So this year, 2018, whatever year this is, you know, just – had the nuts everything george kittle breakout and i went up against a guy his running backs got hurt and he had elijah mcguire and he had cj anderson against my and i picked up john kelly because todd Gurley got hurt so i picked up john kelly played him and Tariq cohen who had been lights out that year and i lost i lost because of cj anderson i remember i also picked up john kelly over cj anderson because i didn't buy it yeah yeah that's brutal man that's brutal I freaking I, I I hate CJ Anderson for what he did to me, but I understand the comparison. Um, Nate, I, we do have a question here. But before we jump to that, um, any question or any uh, final thoughts on on your old pal Melvin? So I just like to add one more thing that connects these two guys outside of their hopeful fantasy performance for Melvin Gordon this year. Jen has two former employees who one of them leased an apartment to CJ Anderson in 2017 said he was one of the nicest people she's ever met. The other one was a maintenance tech where Melvin Gordon lived a couple of years ago, got to talk to Melvin Gordon, said he was one of the nicest people that he had ever met. Wow. So yes, I have always rooted for CJ Anderson for a multitude of reasons, but I'm rooting for Melvin Gordon to do well in Kansas city. Look, the Broncos sucks. Stick it to this organization. You have two chances, two chances. I want to see big games, Melvin. You better do it. Did you guys see the Instagram meme that, Melvin Gordon posted with him. Yes, it was confusing in the, in in the, the OJ Bronco car. that yeah. driving saying, let's ride. Oh my God. That's awesome. Like getting out of town. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. here we got a question from Richie. 
He's saying, I'm trying to pick up Cole Komet. Who should I drop? Latavius Murray, Pacheco, as we just mentioned him, Josh Palmer, Jerry Judy. Ooh, wow. This is a tough one, man. This is like, I don't want to drop necessarily any of these players, but probably if I had to, I guess Jerry Judy at this point. Um, yeah, it's Jerry that's Judy. That's so weird to say, but that's that's what I would do too. It's Jerry Judy. It's, I feel like you can't it's drop it's one of the Broncos for me. Yeah, like you, and it's like Latavius been getting all the work too, and he's been getting the the pass catching work. So, yeah, I I feel like it is Jerry Judy at this point. Um, Scott, any additional thoughts here? No, I mean I I agree. It seems so bizarre to say that. I mean, you show this list at the start of the year in redraft formats, and you're like, Jerry Judy's the only name you recognize. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, between honestly, for me, it's Judy or or Latavius, and I'm going to lean Judy. I mean, yeah, Latavius is getting all the work, but. What does that mean? You know, he's, he needs a touchdown or it's nothing. So besides Marlon Mack is coming for Latavius. Don't worry. Mike Boone, Mike Boone's coming back. <laughs> when Sell are you going to feel comfortable? You're never going to feel comfortable playing no. Jerry Judy rest of the season. Like that's a thing. Cause no. one, how many games has he gone out of now and got injured? I think three, at least he's been in and out of the lineup. So like one, that's always a concern Two, He is coming back from an injury possibly performance dip we'd have to ch- check with uh deepak about what that what that dip is and then sh- it's freaking russell wilson in the the joke of a broncos team in general so yeah it, it's sad jerry judy was my all-in so this is a little bit of uh, of egg on my face but yeah you're dropping jerry judy here richie yep R- richie rich <laughs> all right also i have the patriots defense should i pick up a new one and who should i drop for it Patriots defense. How do you feel about it? Um, Nate, your old friends up there in Boston. I know you, you love the city of Boston, don't you, Nate? Uh, it's my favorite city on earth, folks. I have a little Red Sox tattoo if you y'all didn't know. Um, so I would not drop the Patriots defense. They have been very, 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 very good. And I don't think that's going to change. I think this is a well-coached defense. If you're looking to pick up a different defense, don't ever hold two defenses in redraft unless – I mean, I guess unless you have the Patriots defense, I think down buy, the stretch but... you can. I yeah, do sometimes. I feel like, like the thing is, though, it's like it is a tough schedule for the Patriots, though, yeah. Nate, as well. Bills, Cardinals, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins. Like that's almost like there's really no, de- like you don't feel comfortable doing that. They just let up 33 to the Vikings as well. Kirk Cousins had his way in prime time with them. So, who are, you, who are you? Who are you going to go get instead of the Patriots defense, though? That's my question. I'm going to stream. The, I'm going to stream my life away. I think. And I mean, that's what you should most. I mean, that's what I do in every league that I have defenses, except for one where I have New England and I haven't dropped them. Yeah, there there hasn't been a league that I've played in where I just drafted a defense and played them all year in ten years. Yeah. It's just it doesn't work. Like Patriots I, have been Patriots have been lights out, but I mean. When it comes playoff time, you got to look at the look at those matchups. Like a team, a team right now that has a really good schedule as far as the teams they're playing against DSTs is the Chiefs. Chiefs, yep. I was just about to say the Chiefs have been. Except excellent. they're terrible against wide receivers. Yeah, but dude, I mean, it's like a bend don't break. Here's, and they, here's the deal. Here's fair the deal. Enough, like, fair enough. I talked about I mean, this on a podcast them, last so. week, and my my perception of DST. What, what happens is, I think too many people get focused on. I need to. I I need that DST. That's going to keep it under 10 points. So I get those, I get those first points you get at the start of the game, right? But the odds that any DST you play is going to hold a team under 10 to where you get those points is so low. I go into it just thinking that's gone. That's already gone. So then you got to start thinking about teams that are on the defenses that are on the field a lot for 
inter, you know, for potential turnovers and sacks and that sort of thing. And I think KC is one of those boomer bust defenses that, you know, yeah, they're they're not going to hold a team. They're not going to shut a team out. You're not going to get those 10 points for, from your DST, but you're not going to get those 10 points from really any DST. You know, good luck with that. So, I mean, it's it's taken a while because like I used to like as soon as a team scored on my DST and those points went away, I would have this like emotional reaction. Like, no, right, but it's right. like I just go into it like I put a zero there psychologically. Yeah. And so yeah. you're, you're right, though. They, they, they are not good against wide receivers. Well, and plus so, the Chiefs have the Broncos twice. Yeah, that's yeah, part that, of it. Those are good I, matchups. I would, I would be streaming defenses for sure here down the stretch. Um, and then Albert's actually saying stream the Steelers defense against the Falcons this week. Yeah, I was just about to point that out. The Steelers actually have kind of a nice stretch here um, down the line as well. So, yeah, they do. yeah, especially with all these like backup quarterbacks, we're going to see the next three to four weeks. See, people are going to see what they have in like quarterbacks of, of teams that don't really matter. Yeah. So so keep that in mind. Um, just be prevalent, you know, be aware on the waiver wire. We actually have a question involving the Chiefs D here. So I do want to take a look at this one as well here from Jelly of the Month. Awesome YouTube name. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in, Jelly of the Month. Hope you subscribe to the channel. Come back and hang out with us again. He says, my wide receiver three is on bye this week. PPR, it is Marquise Brown, I think is his wide receiver on bye. Should he drop Jacoby Myers, Josh Palmer, Chiefs defense, Isaiah Likely, uh, for Zay Jones, Gallup, or Elijah Moore? I would definitely be taking a look at Zay Jones. I really like the next two weeks here for the Jaguars guys, I would be okay with dropping Isaiah likely. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. It, it, I, I don't want to drop the chiefs D I really don't at this point. We just kind of hyped him up for it. We just cut a two minute promo on the chiefs D. So um, I, I'm absolutely going to cut likely for Zay Jones there. I don't need Gallup. I don't think like, like he's okay, but I'm not like, I don't think I want to cut any of these players for him. No, I, I think you're spot on. However, I would say if you want to add Zay Jones and Elijah Moore, I would consider dropping Josh Palmer and trading him for Elijah Moore. Oh, man, I don't want to drop Josh Palmer, dude. He's been so solid. You don't have to want to, but you might need to. I mean, Elijah Moore's coming on. I'm good. I'm good, especially with the fact that, like, same with Garrett Wilson, like, Zach Wilson could be back, guys, and then like I, I don't know. Zach Wilson isn't I'm coming the, back. I'm the biggest Jets truther around, and I'm telling you not to do that. <laughs> All right. Um, we have Richie saying that he could also go with the Browns this week against Houston. That feels like a weird game for me. That feels That's like a, a trap. weird trap. Yeah, it feels like a, a trap, trap game. game. Like. Just because, like, the Browns will be able to probably run all over them and chew up a lot of possession and maybe get out of there with a win, but like this does feel a little fluky with Deshaun Watson first game back going into Houston. So I think I would, would you prefer the Steelers over them against the Falcons this week, uh, this week, Scott, or would you, would you roll with the Browns in Houston? Are you saying would I rather play Steelers versus Falcons or Browns versus Houston? Yes. Ooh, that's, that's close. Um, I'd probably with, with Watt back in Pittsburgh, I'd probably lean Pittsburgh. Yep. He's a monster. He's absolutely a monster, man. Appreciate that question there, uh, Richie, and appreciate Albert pointing out the Steelers' defense. If you guys have more questions, keep them coming. We're going to roll through the rest of our uh, league winners here and then touch a little bit on waiver wires before we get out of here. And I think it's just uh, down to my last uh, league winner here. And I'm going to talk about like an unsexy veteran because that's what we like to do here. We like to talk about some unsexy players a little bit. I'm going to talk about Tyler Lockett. I'm going to compare him to 2020 Marvin Jones. And 
Marvin Jones that year was one of those players. Maybe you got him later in drafts and you probably dropped him by week five. You went into a buy that week. No one talked about him. And while Lockett wasn't dropped this year, like nobody wanted Tyler Lockett. He was going in like the seventh, eighth, ninth round of drafts. Like the biggest discount you could ever get for Tyler Lockett. One of the best years of his career right now. Top 10 in deep targets, top 10 in receptions, and a very nice A dot of 11.6. Um, 12.4 yards per catch as well. So they're not just using him on deep routes, but he's kind of doing some of this intermediate stuff, which is great. Marvin Jones that year also had a 12.9 yards per catch. So kind of same type of player used intermediately had a lot of deep targets, um, but also saw a 12.7 a as well. So very similar players at this point in their careers too, or Marvin Jones a couple years ago, that was. And the big thing about both these guys too, is like, they are a little bit like down the field. They catch it. They don't really get yards after catch. Marvin Jones only averaged two yards after a catch that year. Uh, Tyler Lockett right now, two yards after catch as well. And I just love the matchups coming up here for Tyler Lockett, boys. Rams, Carolina, San Francisco, Kansas City, and the after the matter of the fact, like week 18, if you are playing that week, the Jets, which I don't love. But the Rams, Carolina, San Francisco, Kansas City, all very plus matchups here for Tyler Lockett. Um, so I, I'm excited to play him. And it kind of just reminds me of like Stafford at that point was thought of a really accurate quarterback. Gino, the most accurate quarterback there is this season, guys. So I'm firing up Tyler Lockett. I'm trying to get him if I don't have him on my team already. He won me a little bit of money last week, too. So um, I'm fanboying over Tyler Lockett, guys. Hey, he won me some money, too. What do you know? I, th- this is a really good call. Lockett has played really well. He's flown under the radar. And this is a Seattle team that's markedly better than anybody thought they were going to be. And they're rolling. Geno Smith has been phenomenal. I see no signs of this offense really slowing down. They're pushing for the playoffs. Yeah. Get Tyler Lockett. Good call, Seth. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I love Tyler Lockett. He's been he's been he's been going down to the turf and avoiding contact because he's a smart football player. Got a lot of heat for that, but he wants to stay healthy. Um yeah, I mean, you know, like you're not gonna get DK Metcalf, especially after he had like 20 targets in this past game. Um, <laughs> but Lockett, you're right. He's one of those guys, and I'm guilty of it too, even though I'm a Seahawks homer. Of he, you know, you have a draft going, and there's certain names that just keep falling. And Lockett's one of them, you know. I wish uh, I got him more. I don't have him on in enough teams, honestly, yeah. but I want to get him. It's always Lockett and Jamison Crowder. Those are always the two that fall in the draft seven. <laughs> yeah. One of these things is not like the other. Though. Yeah, that's yeah, certainly. I agree oh, with you. There, Nate. Um, another question here from Jelly of the Month. Thanks. Or should I grab Isaiah McKenzie? His wide receiver one is Diggs. I I don't think I really want to mess with Isaiah McKenzie, man. It's been like he had a great Thanksgiving. But that's kind of what he is, is like just like a spot player occasionally. It's hard He'll to be guess on the waiver again. Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to drop any of those players for uh, McKenzie there. Um, great question, though. Let's go ahead, guys. Let's uh, round out the show here with some uh, In the Scope. I have the in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the Scope in the scope guys this is where we tell you who you should be picking up from waivers tonight if you're listening to us live on tuesday night or who you should be looking at um after waivers run some free agent finds that you can get on the value quickly um we already kind of touched on him a little bit but gus edwards still out there 40.5 percent roster in espn leagues pick up gus if you need him he's going to be the rb1 when healthy there kyron williams we've talked about him a couple times now 19.4 percent rostered as well 
Zonovan Knight, that's kind of the big one this week, guys. If you want to get on this frisky Jets bandwagon, um, Nate and I and Scott, we already kind of agreed he's the way to do it. Guys, any thoughts here on the wide receiver hall that we have? Michael Gallup, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Traylon Burks, Zay Jones, Mac Collins. I, I love Zay Jones. I love Traylon Burks these next couple of weeks. And DPJ, you can never go go wrong with a little bit of him as well. Yeah, my only question marks Mac Collins because the Raiders suck. And mm-hmm. the Raiders suck. They're awful. Can Mac I say Collins that, can I, can I say that one more time? Dude, just one more time. Scott, you're with me. You used to hate the Raiders because you used to be division rivals. The Raiders suck. This is so great. What was funny? Except Josh Jacobs is a a stud all of a sudden. My team just embarrassingly lost to them at home coming off a bye. So hate them even more. I'm not someone to say this usually, boys, but honestly, like how we've seen Josh Jacobs play this year, either one, he's just peeved off about the contract situation, is going to go get a bag, or like, they might want to throw out a roid test for him. Like, I'm just saying, like, the dude before this year, his longest run in his career was 29 yards. And then now he's just, like, breaking them off like like nothing. Like, it is pretty crazy. That. I think he's being utilized more like a everybody wanted him to be utilized, you know? Dude, he's always gotten, like, 20-plus carries a game, though, you know? Yeah, I don't know. That's true. I don't know, man. It it's, was kind of crazy because anytime the Raiders play the Seahawks, they always like, hey, this day back in whatever year when Bo Jackson ran for 500 yards. Right, touchdowns. right. And then Josh Jacobs goes ham on him, you know, anyway. Um, but speaking for these receivers, yeah, Matt Collins, I mean, his touchdown against the Seahawks was a total busted coverage. Just no Seahawks in sight. I'm not I'm not excited about Matt Collins. I'm a little bit excited about Gallup. Gallup had one of those Thanksgiving games where he looked great but it just didn't really equal a lot of fantasy production. You know what I mean? Like he made some great catches on third down, that sort of thing, contested catches. I just don't know if it's going to be that fantasy relevant. I, lo- I I'm a Traylon Burks guy. The since Tannehill's come back from injury, they have thrown the ball a lot more. They don't have the best schedule, but I mean, they were one of the, you know, least pass volume teams in the league, but since Tannehill came back, that's the, they've jumped in the amount of passes they've been throwing. And he looks great. Let's see who else. Say Jones, we talked about DPJ. We'll just continue to hype DPJ until we're all dead. Um, it's going to yeah. be interesting what happens here with Watson. I'm a, I'm a little bit wary on him just because I'm not 100% sure. Marvin or uh, or Zay Jones, guys, like we need to have him on our rosters everywhere. He's had a lot of games with 10 plus targets. Like mm-hmm. his target volume has been insane, um, c- career high for him as well. And he has the Lions and the Titans coming up these next two weeks. So good for Zay Jones. Right. Oh, dude. I love yeah. It. Yeah. I love Zay Jones. I was hyping him up last season coming into this season. Um, he's kind of my little darling here. Quickly on tight ends, guys. Foster Moreau, we talked about him. if you need someone this next week, he's out there 35.5% rostered. It's not great. It's not sexy. Um, I like we don't like him long term, but he is a play. And if you want to go back to, to the well, the Jawan uh, Jawan Johnson experience. Just put Jameis Winston in already. What? Come on. Yeah. What? Uh, what is what happening? That? Yeah, I don't understand that at all. But Dennis Allen is a terrible head coach. We already knew this from his time in San Diego with the Chargers. I also love how we've been hyping Jawan Johnson, like literally for a month and a half now, because Jen brought him up on on in the scope a couple months ago, and. Finally, last week we saw like a twenty percent increase in roster ship on ESPN, and Man. then he drops a donut. Like that's his floor, guys. Like that's his floor. That's, his ceiling's also twenty points, which is better than most tight ends. You know, that's tight ends. So 
yeah, it, it's it's brutal out there, guys, but keep surviving. Um, we're going to talk about some in-the-scope targets, players you should be picking up after waivers run. You probably don't need to really spend any fab on them. Um, Nate, go ahead and take this away from us, buddy. Well, I decided to have fun with it this week and not do a tight end. You guys, it's a tight end free show for me. I brought no tight ends to the table. What I did bring was Jalen Warren. He's kind. This is kind of a break glass in case of emergency situation with the running back. But there's some concern about Najee now. He's got that abdomen injury, which they're not being real super specific about it. I think it was Dr. Jesse Morse today on Twitter who I saw say these kind of injuries, sometimes it's in the actual abdomen and it's like it's a muscle around the abdomen, but it could also be groin. So we're looking at two to three weeks of Najee Harris possibly not playing. Jalen Warren was out last week. So we saw Benny Snell carry the load. But if Jalen Warren is back, Jalen Warren is that guy. He's going to be. He's already shown it. He's seen an increase. He had nine carries and six carries the last two weeks before he was hurt. And it just makes sense to me that Jalen Warren could be the lead back over the next two to three weeks. And if he plays well enough and Najee continues to be have this injury linger, Jalen Warren's the RB1 in Pittsburgh on a team that does like to run the ball. But I, I like the call because he, he it's not just it's not just some random person we've never seen. Like he he's had some flashes this year uh in that offense. He's looked better than Najee at times um in that mm-hmm. offense. So well uh, his, and, he's and, got a great schedule too. Well, and it's, it's yeah, what it's, is that schedule, Nate? So week 13, we'll start week 13. They've got it at Atlanta, Baltimore at Carolina. Vegas at home at Baltimore. Yeah, I can fuck with that. Yep. I, I like I like the call, like Nate. It. This is sneaky. This is really sneaky. Um, love the love the play here. Scott, take it away for your uh, sure uh, in the scope candidate here for week number 13, please. All right. Well, I feel like loosely this is all this has been discussed during the show already, but it's Mike White. Um, and again, it you know, depending on and again, this is t- speaking strictly one quarterback formats. He's likely already gone in two QB formats. And, you know, depending on people's in your league's quarterback situations, this is just because he's coming off a huge game. Might not be a guy you can wait on, but he's a Jets quarterback, you know, and if people were paying attention last year, he had a big blow up game. Then he got hurt. This his second game, you know, came out with a forearm injury, came back the next game against the Bills and threw four picks. And then we really just kind of never heard from him again. So you, people could still have that taste in their mouth. So you might have to spend up a little bit. You know, it's one of those things that I've already brought up the schedule. The schedule I the schedule I talked about with Garrett Wilson, it's virtually the same as far as versus quarterbacks for, for the Jets. They have a great schedule to finish the year. Buffalo is really their only toughest mat, tough matchup left. And that's week 14. So if you make it into the playoffs before that, then, you know, you've got a great playoff schedule. And I mean, you know, if you've got, let's, there's, there's other reasons to pick them up. If you, if you're a Kyler Murray manager, they're on by this week. Um, if you're a Marcus, who, who else is on by this week? Packers. What's odd is for a six by week in week 14, another, like our last by NATO, there really aren't many quarterback issues. People are going to be in during that week because we have the Falcons the Bears, so Justin Fields, if he's healthy, that's another quarterback you may need to replace. Mike White would be a good option for that. The Packers, the Saints, and the Commanders. Like, you don't have any big-name quarterbacks that are going to be on yeah. by, really, yep. in Week 14, Absolutely. which is kind of weird. But I just, I, you know, it's it's one, it's one that type of, it's that time of year where 
it, I don't typically carry two quarterbacks or two defenses or two tight ends coming out of the drafts, but it's crunch time. Like if, if, you know, you're looking ahead at matchups, you're playing matchups and that's when I'll start picking up somebody like Mike white, um, either as a bi-week felon. And then with a great, great playoff record or schedule in case he hits. Mm-hmm. Cause again, he has a really good supporting cast and offensive weapons around him this time. Well, Scott, this is a really good call. <clears throat> and what I think people are, are discounting because they're looking at what happened last season and how he had the four picks against Buffalo and kind of faded away, but he was injured the game before. So we don't even know if Mike White was hundred percent. That offensive line was patchwork trash. Half of it was injured. They, they were on like third string at some places in that line last year. They didn't have an efficient running game between Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. They didn't have efficient receivers. They were riding Corey Davis most of the season because of injuries. This is a different team. There's much better defense. I said it today on local radio that I think that there's Mike White has QB one potential rest of season. I think that this team is good enough and that he's talented enough that there's no reason he couldn't be a league winning quarterback that comes out of nowhere here in the back half of the season with this team. Wow, I must not be the only one smoking that Gotham green right now on uh, on these these frisky. Dude, Jets, this baby. this team is good. Dude. This team is good, and they have a sufficient run game, and they're not asking Mike White to do a ton. He threw this the week's ball episode brought to you by the Sunday. New York Jets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. right. Now, if only they'd sponsor us. I, I like that the Jets are frisky and good. I think it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's yeah, fun, man. Fun. Gary V's having a time for sure. I think you guys summed it up here. I, I like the analysis from you. I'm a little wary just because I don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position there. But overall, I like the call. I'll route it out here with my in-the-scope candidate, and that's just Marvin Jones, guys. It's not a sexy play. It's not one that I'm targeting for the fantasy football playoffs, but it's someone I'm targeting to play these next two weeks in particularly. We already touched on it a little bit when we talked about Zay Jones and Trevor Lawrence. Lions, Titans these next two weeks. Lions, third best wide receiver matchup on the season, fourth best over the last month. I like to pay attention to that last month as we move forward in the season here. Titans, second best matchup on the season for wide receivers, third best over the last month. So both these season long and last month have been very good, uh, very good games for wide receivers. Both top 12 um, in red zone targets, two wide receivers the last four weeks as well. So Wide receivers are getting targeted by their quarterbacks when they're playing these two teams. Where does Marvin Jones thrive, guys? We saw it there on Sunday, game winner in the red zone. So I like him this week. Like you can look through all the Marvin Jones advanced metrics and they're not sexy at all. Like like, like he's very average in a lot of things. And that's kind of what you expect in this time, time of his career. However, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me Average cushion, so like how far the defenders are allowing at starting away from Marvin Jones, 5.6 yards away from him, seventh most. So they're giving him a lot of leeway. And why does this matter? Like, I only think it matters these next two weeks against the, the Lions and the Titans because they can't tackle in their secondary. So what happens if Marvin Jones takes a two or three three yard ball and you know can get some yards after catch with it? That's what I think we could see here. I think we could see a touchdown or two these next couple weeks as well. So I'm throwing it back to 2020 this week, guys. I'm riding Marvin Jones Jr. these next two weeks. It's not a long-term solution, but it's one you can probably get for free after waivers run, and you can ride him here if you're in a flex league or a double flex league. Yeah, I, I almost picked him up last week. I like I like the call. You know, I mean, if if we're witnessing, which I, gosh, I really hope we are, but if we're witnessing Trevor Lawrence taking, you know, because 
these young quarterbacks, some sometimes if you're paying attention, you realize when they're taking that next step, when they're kind of ascending up a tier or up, you know, they're leveling up a little bit. And I, I, I think that's what Lawrence is doing right now. And so if that is happening and the Jaguars throw to their receivers a lot yep. compared to other teams in the league, um, I want pieces of it, you know? So, I'm with you. I'm and with I mean, you. Marvin Jones is certainly somebody that you could let the waivers run. And if you've got the spot, just grab him after waivers. I think he's about 19, 19, uh, 90% rostered right now on ESPN. So yeah, he'll probably be around that 25 mark tomorrow after waivers run. Grab him. Uh, we got Udo in the chat saying, love the stash, Seth. I appreciate it. Udo listens to the show and then he he takes my sure thing, sleepers of the week, and and my in the scope targets and gets them before me. He had don or he's had DPJ <laughs> for like two months because I told him, or you know, I said, Hey, I'm nice. gonna get him for nothing after waivers run. Not with Udo. You gotta you gotta get him before. Um, yeah. we also got Albert in the chat. He's saying it's a revenge game for Marvin Jones as well. So something to keep in mind there. You guys remember where Marvin Jones started his career? Cincy. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Cincy. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago. Absolutely. Yeah, Udo, so when you're picking up Marvin Jones this week, revenge game against the Lions, buddy. Um, he's saying, he said that is true. Thanks for DPJ. Absolutely, man. Anything to help. Um, then we have Albert saying, how about your guy Jordan Aikens, Nate? So not a tight end free show. little shout out there from Albert. He knows your love for him. <laughs> he had a pretty impressive touchdown last week. He's played well. I mean, I think that that was a good call early in the season. He's a guy that you've been able to reliably stream some weeks. So it's something. It's more than I honestly thought it was going to turn into. Long more than you got from Juwan Johnson and Mike Gasecki last week. <laughs> yeah. How about yeah. it? How about I, I fired Gasecki up in that pros with Joe's league. My, yeah. My, uh, my Joe, I don't think he's playing with me anymore because he hasn't texted me or messaged me since week two. So I've kind of been managing by myself. But if he's still riding along, he's not happy with the kid. However, we did beat your wife, Nate, in that league. So uh, I'm happy. <laughs> you probably that. crushed me too. <laughs> My team's been terrible. Yeah, same here. Guys, let's go ahead. Let's round it out with a little bit of holiday talk here and weekly advice. Weekly. So I think one of the most daunting part of the holidays is everything that goes into it, whether that's gift giving, Christmas parties, hosting relatives, going to relatives, it can be a whirlwind. So we're going to give you a little bit of, of our hacks that we like to, to talk or we like to do, and we're going to talk about them here. Let's start with a little bit of shopping hacks. Do you guys still use like layaway? Is layaway a thing? I mean, it probably is. I've never used it though. I've never used it either. I don't. Okay. No. I... I heard from Griff. I was taught. I asked him about it because we were chatting in in one of our group chats about it. And Griff, uh, member of the IBT family here, he said that he likes to use it sometimes if he doesn't have like the time to wrap a gift or like store a gift, you know. And it's like, okay, like I'm just gonna leave it at, <laughs> basically leave it at the store, go pick it up later. So I think that's, that's a little bit of a hack. That, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's a little bit of a hack there. I think layaway is still a pretty good thing to do if you're uh, if you're you know don't have the time, don't want your, your children or other significant others to see a gift. Are you guys in on the Black Friday deal, Cyber Mondays? Like, have you guys got in on that at all? Because I think this is a really great time to get gifts just because stuff is, you know, Dude. at a very good value right now. So Seth, you and I were texting over the weekend as we do. And I clued you in on a little something crazy I decided to do Saturday night. 
and it was because of the Black Friday slash Cyber Monday deals on Amazon. I started refinishing my kitchen cabinets on Saturday because we hate them, but kitchen hardware is on sale. So we can never, get we can get new knobs yeah. for free or for not for free, but for like dirt cheap. So I'm getting an entire shopping cart worth of supplies to refinish my kitchen for $200. Thanks, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. not just gifts for other people. Get yourself a gift. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Splurge a little Treat early. Yourself. Um, I despise shopping. Oh, I God, do not too. like shopping. Uh, I mean, to a fault, really. Like, I'm terrible about buying myself new things and not just like right. new like toys, but like new clothes and stuff, pants and shirts mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I, but I, I mean, I, I, I buy things off Amazon and I, I like the Cyber Monday. I like the deals just as much as any, but like, as far as the, as far as the whole like Black Friday, like going to the shopping centers. Oh, absolutely no. God, it's no. disgusting no. to me. It's yeah. just, I don't absolutely. like it. Absolutely. But Take no, I've, just, I've always been like, I just don't have the patience to like look for stuff. And I like, I, I'm terrible at like knowing what I want for me. Like, yeah. If you want to see me like twist in the wind, ask me to make a Christmas list. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> ask me to make a Christmas list and watch. Right. Me twist. So Seth, I need to ask you, have you ever had the true like hellish black Friday mall experience? I've had it at Wal- at I mean, Walmart before. Like no, like, but have you ever been to an actual shopping mall, mm, brick and mortar I, shopping mall on a Black Friday? Because I bet you Scott's been. I don't. No, I don't think I have. You've never done it. Well, so I mean, maybe when I was really young, but the way it's always worked is we do Thanksgiving. You know, you know, especially obviously before I got married and everything, with my mom's side of the family, and then on Friday morning, like you know, there are some people within the family that get up super early and go downtown Seattle and shop. Mm-hmm. I have not been one of them for at least 20 years. Absolutely oh, it's been, not. A, it's been at least 20 for me, but I've done it a couple of times. Oh, and it, it's the worst. It's like, take all of the awful things about society and stuff them into four walls inside of a mall. And you're going to see <laughs> literally the worst side of it's like, it's like people, driving a hundred miles to sit, you know, like the whole like saving on gas thing. It's like driving a hundred miles to save a dollar on gas. It's like, no, it's not worth it. It's not mean, worth the amount of money I'm saving. Like the time Kramer loaded up a car full of bottles and drove them to Michigan. Oh yeah. Mellow yellows to go to Michigan. Cause it was 10 yeah. cents for recycling instead of five. Yep. So last, uh, last holiday shopping note I want to touch on too Ooh, is Albert. like start Thanks. a spreadsheet for, uh, for your gifts as well. I think that can be very, very helpful. Um, here we have Albert in the chat saying, I've been, I've been to a shopping oh, mall in Houston no. for black Friday. No, no thank you. No, no. I'm glad you're still with us, Albert. <laughs> yeah. yeah congratulations you. on living through that. Hell. <laughs> thank good. Thank God. Sorry about the therapy costs. <laughs> <laughs> Other other hacks here quickly we want to touch on instant pot crock pot meals casseroles. I find myself cooking a lot of these during this time of year, guys, just because it is so hectic. I only want to cook maybe three or four times a week, so it's nice to be able to make a casserole or make a soup or something like that, and then kind of be only eat that for a couple of days. Uh, do you guys, as busy dads, find yourselves doing that as well? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I I do not do a lot of cooking. Like my wife, my my wife is the cook in our house. Um, I mean, I help and I can cook things, but she's just really good at it. But yeah, we love, I mean, like she makes a really good chili that lasts for days. You know, she makes like a, a, a lentil soup. That's just delicious with like some fresh sourdough bread. Like we are 
we are big fans of that this time of year for sure. Okay. Okay. Nate, are, are you, I know you're a former chef. Are you whipping those up as well? Uh, the only thing I really consistently make in a crock pot anymore is my chili, but that's a staple this time of year. You got to yes. have it. Got to have you, it. You guys, turkey chili people, or you yes. uh, beef, mm-hmm. beef chili? Okay. Turkey. Yeah. No, no turkey chili. No turkey. Yeah, turkey? I, okay. We don't use we don't use ground beef. I substitute oh, okay. turkey for all ground beef. Everything. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Um, I just want to touch about one other. I was kind of just looking up Christmas hacks, seeing if there was anything I was missing, and I found something interesting o- online. I wanted to share and see if maybe that you guys think the same. There's this roll out there called the belly button roll, and it's if you're at a Christmas party or another you know social event that apparently if you keep your drink as you're holding it like down towards your belly button, it shows confidence um, and good posture. So I don't know if you guys ever thought about that, but like I definitely do kind of tend to keep my drink up a little, you know, I feel like almost like a 90 degree angle, but I feel like kind of does look nice if I, you know, keep it slouched down there with the, the belly button roll a little bit. I don't go to holiday parties. So this doesn't apply to me. Scott's trying to, <laughs> yeah. All right. I think was, it feels weird. It feels, it feels awkward. Does it feel okay? Okay. I, I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't care for it. I've I don't never want really people thought to thought about. I feel I like you also glass. don't hold a drink like a ton, though, Scott. Maybe like someone like me. No, was, but I'm thinking know. like when I used to. No, I, I think would, I'd like I like it. Higher, I, think I was higher with it. Like yeah. I don't want people at a party to think I'm confident because then they'll try and talk <laughs> to me. Just let me stand in the corner, please. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, I'm gonna try out the belly button roll. I'll report back to you guys. Let you know how it goes. I'm feeling more confident. Nate, I believe you had uh, one Christmas tree storage hack as well as we uh, rounded this out. Yeah, guys, stop taking your trees apart like dummies. Don't do it anymore. Uh, So what we do now, we kind of, we have to take it apart. We wrap the lights on each independent section. And then we pull the sections apart, but don't break them down. Put them in a trash bag with the lights, with a clothespin at the end of the lights so we can make sure that we can match them when the season comes around. It takes us like 45 seconds to get our Christmas tree up with lights plugged in. Do you take the ornaments years. off? We take the ornaments off okay. because we have a lot of breakable stuff. But right. the ornaments are the easy part. You don't have to take your lights off your tree. You don't have to buy a pre-lit tree. Just mark the end of those cables. Be mindful about how you wrap them the first time. And you never have to do it again. What if you yeah. get a new like real tree every year? Oh, you're burning. Well, then down. I can't. I can't help yeah. you there. Yeah, I know you're. Why are you still buying real trees? Because they're one million times better than a fake tree. It's about. Well, I'm allergic experience. to real trees. So well, that's, okay, well then that's a legitimate reason to not buy one. But I would much rather have a real tree. I just wrote a freaking column about it. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you didn't read. That's Scott's, meet me at the trees, baby. Come on, meet Nate. The trees. It's, yeah, no, it's part of a tradition, and I love the smell. But oh, I um, get it, and I'd probably feel differently, but I will stop breathing. Do you put lights up on your house? Do you like put lights on the gutters uh-huh. and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I put did, quite a few I, up. Every year, I tell myself I'm going to draw a little diagram to remember oh, exactly never, which extension cords go I never where. Do I just wing it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually. I don't know if we're going to do them this year. We drove back through the neighborhood, like we've lived here for 13 years and never really driven through the neighborhood at Christmas. But now the Jackson's in school in the neighborhood, we have no choice. I'm embarrassed of the display I've been putting up for like seven years. Cause all of my neighbors do it better. So we'll see. I might just, I just, I'm doing it strictly because since we moved into our house, we've had just terrible cheap gutters on our house. 
and you can't there are no clips for christmas lights that fit them so it was always oh. this, just like but we got our gutters replaced a couple months ago so i think i'm just going to put them up just to experience putting a light on a gutter yes not <laughs> a piece of crap it's 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 still going to be frustrating Those it will be suck no i know i don't look forward to it <laughs> This has been an excellent show. I appreciate all the Christmas talk, all the uh, all the fancy talk. Like honestly, I think we gave some really great analysis. Whether it's answering questions, talking waiver wire, talking uh, uh, all the league winners as well, recent news and notes. Um, appreciate Albert, everyone from the IBT family hanging out with us. We're a little bit long today, so we'll have fun editing this down tomorrow. But nonetheless, guys, this was an excellent podcast. Looking forward to seeing you again on Friday, Nate. Um, Scott, we'll see you here in a couple of weeks. Keep up the good work, our friend. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great waiver night. And uh, we'll see you on Friday, guys. Until then, keep it in between. Thanks so much. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 